to the DIY Animation Show, where we get to the heart of what it means to be an independent animator. I'm Lauren Morse. And I'm Jessica Dahl. Together with our guests, we'll explore tips, tricks, the psychological, the fundamental, and above all, how to make whatever you can with whatever you've got. From the keys to the breakdowns and everything in between. The timing's right to do it yourself. Let's get rolling! to be here. <laughs> Today we have a hilarious interview with DIY animation champion Jim Luhan. Mm-hmm. He has created more animations than I ever thought was humanly possible. It's crazy awesome. <laughs> oh yes, not just shorts but features as well. Mm-hmm. Plus we get to hear about his collaboration with legendary indie animator Bill Plimpton and we get to hear about the raw power of doing it yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the DIY way. And I should say, prepare yourselves, you guys, because Jim is a ridiculously funny guy. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) To kick it all off this episode, we talk her vengeance, Jim's Uber collab with the DIY animation pioneer Bill Plimpton. Oh, yes. Jim's take on the DIY spirit. And how he took his animation to the streets with his own DIY festival. What a baller. (laughs) Jim reveals his favorite method for creating impactful titles. As well as his thoughts on the key to a good idea. So let's get this DIY party started. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Rock and roll. Rock and roll. The DIY animation show. Oh man. That's your theme right there. I think so. We can have a sweet guitar riff in there. Just like. <laughs> so, Jim, we have a very important question to ask you. How would you define the DIY animation spirit? Um, are we actually recording? <laughs> we are. <laughs> we are okay. recording. Because <laughs> I'm saving all my good stuff for recording. Okay. Um, DIY animation spirit. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's. To just attack a goal with whatever you have. And gosh, I'm trying not to say the Nike slogan, just do it. <laughs> you can totally say the Nike slogan if you want to. <laughs> just try it. No. Um, <laughs> it just to kind of you work with what you have because that's all you have to work with. And just don't say just do it. Uh, <laughs> make it happen. Make it happen. Yeah, just go for it. That's the that's the DIY animation spirit. So if if you have a video camera and a box of crayons, then your idea is going to carry you. Your animation will be box of crayons, video camera animation. So, but your your I think the stronger your ideas, the the more accepting the audience will be for your you know. So in summary, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fantastic answer, Jim, and that was. Well delivered. <laughs> Thank you, Nike. Thank you. 
Oh, that's so good. It's brilliant that you say make it happen because that's one of the things that Jess and I often talk about. And that's kind of like the DIY way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Make it exist because uh, everybody's got ideas. The difference is the people that get feedback on their ideas is because they make their ideas exist. The other thing, too, you know, I've been doing this for um, 63 years uh, (laughs) and I've learned that it's you don't hold on to an idea because you're waiting for the perfect time for that idea to happen. Because by the time that perfect time comes around, you might not have the energy for that idea or the enthusiasm for that idea. And things change too. The idea might change. So if you're feeling it, then just create, just do it at the, you know, when you're, while you're feeling it. And then like me, uh, you'll start a project, you'll get halfway through it. Something else will come up or you, you get distracted with another idea you can go back to that idea and finish it later, you know, but um, just don't always do that because then you'll never finish anything. <laughs> yeah, you got to be sure to go back to that project yes, eventually. You got to be careful. Finish it. Yeah. And the proof is in the pudding too. I mean, if you have an out, um, a bo- if you can create a body of work, then it's working for you. So yeah, that's a great point. How often do you like get halfway through a project and then get excited with another idea? Um, only every time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do that all the time. I start, but it just depends what level that I might get into a project because I might just start, um, design, you know, coming up with ideas for characters and then start maybe some backgrounds on something and then go back to it. But I, I always do that because I, I always I work on multiple projects all the time. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll usually have like two, two things going at once, and just the one I'm working on right. Uh, I'm working on a thing right now that I started probably six months ago and, and got a third of the way through, and then. I've just gone back to it now. So it just, I kind of, it kind of the beauty of being independent is you can work on what you want when you want. Um, the, also the beauty of it is being completely broke and never getting paid. So that's <laughs> also really beautiful, beautiful thing. But, but you, you live on the strength of your ideas, I think as an independent, any independent artist, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's such a reassuring thing to hear. I know that for myself, like with working on a project that I'm like, if I don't, if I'm not able to put all of my energy into this one personal project right now, then like there's that fear that it's never going to be completed. So it's really cool to hear from someone that like you have such a repertoire of films. How many short films do you have? Because you have so many. It's incredible. If you count like really short ones, like two minute long films, I have over 50. But like if you go from five minute or Four minutes and above, I, I probably have 40-something. Wow. Yeah, and I did a feature, too. I did a 56-minute just to see if I could do it and because I was feeling it at the time. And so that can happen, too. Yeah. Oh, man. You're just like, I'm in the mood to do a feature. It's easier doing features than it is shorts, actually. Why is that? Because you don't have to edit yourself. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you go, well, this guy can, I can mull on this idea for a little bit. I can just hang out here and... You're not worried about, oh, I'm already at the two and a half minute mark. My credits alone, like, oh, my credits ate up 35 seconds of my, you know, four minutes. I really enjoy working on longer animations. Um, I just got to find a a venue for them. That's the the trick, I guess. Have you had any luck or any ideas with finding venues for those longer? Uh, I was about to say say, uh, for those longer shorts. Um, (laughs) Those are called uh, boxer briefs, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, yes. A, a couple of them, um, maybe five or six of them total, I've played in festivals. 
And that's really, that's a good thing to do, you know, to get your stuff seen. But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, did the old, I did the old trick where <laughs> I was having trouble finding festivals that would, you know, animation festivals to play in and things like that. So I just started creating my own. I just uh, kind of did like the little rascals and I ga- gathered up a, a bunch of, you know, other independent animators and just started playing our stuff, you know, locally. And I did that for a few years, and that was a lot of fun. Something I'd love to do again one day. But uh, so you kind of build your own audiences out there, and um, also the internet. I mean, that's like the number one thing too. The internet, YouTube has been like the greatest invention since powdered milk. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, it really makes me want to set up my own little animation festival with some friends. Right. And I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm like, oh man, Again, it, it's the DIY way. It's like, you're literally making it happen. And yeah, and just- absolutely. Yeah. There's no, really no rules. I mean, there's, um, there's no, uh, to me, all, all that matters ultimately is, is I guess you could say the audience reaction or, or actually, well, there's personal satisfaction. That's number one. Mm. You have to be happy with your own stuff, but then ultimately it comes down to how do people like it? So if you're doing a festival, all you got to really worry about is are people having a good time? Are they enjoying the programming? So you could have it at – I mean we literally had one festival or showcase outside in the back alley and we projected on a big wall. Oh, cool. Yeah, probably one of my favorite. Um, and uh, you know what? If you go on YouTube and you type in I, – I did a little mini documentary on it called Light Up the Walls. But um, – that was one of the most fun times we had. And that was really, really ghetto. It was so much fun. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. It was really low budget. It was just, you know, in the in a parking lot in the back of a building on a, on a wall. <laughs> and, uh, at, and it was in the back of an art gallery. And it, it was a lot of fun. But we've done, I've done them at comic book shops. And I've done them, um, I did one at a, um, a food truck event. Uh, where they had all these food trucks and it was at night and, and you know, um, I don't know if they have food trucks in the UK or not. Like we have loads of different types of cuisine from like vans. And- it's, it's a truck that's made out of food and then everybody just jumps on and eats it. What? No. Oh my goodness. No, we do not have those. They have all over America. Yes, America is famous for them. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's just a, a, a truck that, it, like, for example, there's one that's like a lobster bur- burrito truck. <laughs> and they have, like, you know, they have different cuisines and they just go around and and they had this one event and, and uh, we ended up showing our films at this event. Like we just put up a big screen on a wall and, and showed our, our stuff. So anywhere you can play your stuff, anywhere that you you have, whatever you have to work with, just it's all about entertaining people ultimately. Yeah. So... Oh, that's so good. So yeah, you're really into just pretty much making whatever the heck you want to make because you want to make it, which is awesome. Do you feel like you've always been that way or is it something you've had to nurture? Um, I think I've always been that way. Um, I've always kind of, when I first, back when I was a young lad <laughs> in Liverpool, I I thought I wanted to, to direct movies live action and... I kind of started dabbling in that a little bit. And, and what I realized was, well, I, I wanted to, to kind of do everything, the music, the, you know, I, if I could have designed the sets, I probably would have done that. And I realized animation is a perfect venue to express 
you know, um, the, the drawing, the, the character design, the voice work, the music, the, everything that I wanted to do. So, and it also allows me to do, like you said, whatever I, I wanted to do. And if I had an idea for, if I, if I have an idea like, oh, this would make a really good movie, there's really nothing stopping me to do that except for the laziness monster. But, <laughs> the laziness monster is a strong one if you're not yes. careful. Yes, and sometimes he's really cool because he'll sit down with you and watch TV <laughs> or the laziness monster will say, oh, let's just chill. <laughs> like, this is fine. You want to make yeah. an awesome sandwich? Yeah. Very, yeah, he's a very good friend. To, Don't go to the gym. Come on, hang out here. <laughs> Your favorite episode of Whose Line <laughs> is on and you should totally watch it. Yes, yeah. laziness monster. But I, I, yeah, I think I'm just kind of wired like that to just follow in. I always like to say like what I have energy for because there's certain things like, for example, I know I could get a lot more hits if I were doing parody cartoons. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. there's lots of people that do parody cartoons. Those are great. But I just don't have the energy to do that because it's like I don't feel it. You know, I, I don't, it doesn't motivate me to do that. So I don't have the energy to sit there and, and create something. I mean, I could, but I don't. And it's mm-hmm. probably for the better because it probably wouldn't be as good as other people do. Yep. So, but so I just, I just use whatever energy I have creatively to go wherever, you know, my little heart takes me. <laughs> so it works. <laughs> That's fantastic. So what kind of work do you enjoy doing topic wise or what would yeah, you say is your it's thing? Usually, it's usually one of a couple of things usually drive the ideas. All of my cartoons pretty much are character driven, so I like creating characters a lot. Um, and then they kind of, you know, once I have a character created, then the story kind of wraps around that character. Um, the other thing is music too. I sometimes I'll have an idea where I want to do a certain style of music, and then the idea is kind of wrapped around that. Um, the one th- thing I learned early on that I think is really important is. And maybe I, I don't think I've always done this, but it's it is very important. You have to have a story, uh, and it has to go somewhere. It has to at least have a wrap up and have a, a satisfying ending. Not that I always practice that, but <laughs> I, I learned that it's not enough to just do like look at this weird character and he's on the street corner and now he's over here. I like to have a, a storyline that where it kind of you know it takes you somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean that's characters, music, you know. And it could be it could be something as simple as a word too. If I hear a really weird word and it just sparks an idea. Have any projects ever been started by like a weird word or anything like that? Um, yes, I I early 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 on, um, one of the first things I ever did was a it was a fifteen minute cartoon, and it mm-hmm. was called Deranged. And the reason I I did it is because I got the title in my head, Deranged, and I have to do a cartoon called Deranged, and it has to be a big movie. So I did a 15-minute cartoon because of Another one is a um, cartoon I did called The Lion King. Uh, <laughs> that was also. Oh, I, th- I, think, I think I may have heard of that one. I, th- I think I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It was an art house film. <laughs> <laughs> a very successful art house film. Now, Deranged, it sounds really, really cool in a name like that. It just draws you in. That's huge. That's another thing. Um, title is, is, to me, is almost, it's not everything, but it's it's really, really huge because it's the first thing people see. And the better your title, the, I don't know, the more interest. Although even Hollywood doesn't practice that because it, they always have movies called, you know, like The Trainer 
you know, it's or something like that, or the boxer or something. And mm-hmm. the movie could be fantastic, but they always give them these really dull, like, but I think they do that on purpose. But I think to me, a title is everything in music or in film or in books. When you have a really great title that really can, that you're already starting a step ahead. Yeah, because titles are hard. Like, like making a good title, like, like I just, uh, like, I, I tend to default to just like, <laughs> at least for like the work in progress to just the noun of like what's happening, like boy and fairy story. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and it'll stay like that for a while. Yeah, I'm terrible at making up titles for things. Really bad. <laughs> I, I think uh, one of the things, one way to to kind of like get your mind in the in a place where you can come up with titles. It's they're out there. All the words are out there. You just have to consciously look for them. So if you're just even browsing through like a paperback or browsing through a book or or anything, just consciously go, I'm going to look for titles right now. Like I'm going to consciously look and they will appear. They'll magically appear there and then write them down. Because if you're like me and you don't write them down, you'll forget them in 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So I I hear you there. Is that one of those things where it's like – um. If, kind of like if you search for it, it will come. And like, is it like, do you know that it's a good title by the feeling of it? Or are there other characteristics that you look for when choosing a title? No, it's just, it's totally, for me, it's all window dressing. It's right there. Like if the title sounds good right there. Like I, I had an idea of one of these cartoons I'm working on. And like, kind of like you, I used as a placeholder. I just call it cocktail party. But I don't think I'm going to. Whenever I get to that one, I'm not going to call it cocktail party. I'll call it something else. Yeah. Cocktail event. No. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> cocktail RSVP. <laughs> oh, yeah, RSVP is a better title than cocktail party. <laughs> I wonder if it's kind of like um, like when something is a noun that it's very definitive and it's like there, there's not a lot of room to kind of like like interpret it yeah to, yeah 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 to interpret it so when it's something that's more like an adjective or a verb or like a little bit more of like an action or something like that that it's like oh where can where can this go like it's like it's already literally more descriptive in the um kind of like in the structure or in like the actual like form of it yeah um, and ultimately it's up to the creator too because there's been plenty of amazing amazing films that have really simple titles you know that break my little rule but it, again, it's the creator. Sometimes they, they so I think some creators purposely uh, title their works very plainly because they want the work to shine and not the title to distract. Mm. But my mind doesn't think, I like shiny things. So <laughs> that's a good title, shiny things too, right there. I'll write that down. <laughs> shiny things, like a magpie. <laughs> I really do want people to, um, like I really think the more the merrier when it comes to independent animation because just like, you know, if you, just like you, you, there's a lot of really good independent bands or there's a lot – the more music out there, the more stuff there is to listen to. So the more independent animations out there, the more that you'll see really cool ideas and things out there different than what you just see. Because I think to make it on a certain level in Hollywood, it has to cover certain uh, criteria. And I think sometimes those criterias are a little bit the same. A lot, you know, even though they're good, mm. they're, they, you know, a lot of the big films, and I've seen this a lot with, well, you saw this a lot with 2D animation in the 90s, and you're seeing, when that was huge, and now you're seeing it a lot with 3D animation, where things kind of, um, they kind of use a lot of the same, I don't know, formats or tricks or whatever, or, 
you know, this, you know, it's it's not. I won't say it's formula because they're all really really cool films. But you know, you want to, when you see something different, you're like, wow, why don't they make a movie about that? And I see that all the time, you know. And now people can make movies about that, about that really cool thing. So I hope more people do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I just think, especially now with the internet, there's just so much opportunity for. Well, even without the internet, you can still make your films. It's just I I like having the internet to be able to share it with my friends, absolutely, and people, and just kind of riffing off each other's ideas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it's a whole community thing on the internet, you know. Yeah. And um, um, I think one thing about the internet, though, you have to be um cognizant of is that you don't always want the same audience, the same you know twelve people. It's like you yeah. definitely want to build an audience, and that's kind of a trick right now on the internet. I think the more the more portals that are out there, the better, because mm-hmm. then mm. people will be able to show their things on different platforms all over the place. So I, I really do think it's it's coming coming down to ideas, because, um, and I've always said this: just because somebody can animate doesn't mean that they're automatically a really good storyteller. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think it has to start with the storytelling first and then the animation after that. Unless it's really, yeah. really cool looking, then forget it. And you're just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, then you win. <laughs> what do you think qualifies? Because you, you've mentioned that uh, earlier, you know, that a strong idea will, like, that's what leads an animation into story. Um, what do you think qualifies as a good idea? That's really it's subjective, and I think it's the same scenario as if you had, let's say, there's five different television shows premiering in a season, and they're all cop shows, they're all you know detective shows, but one of them you really enjoy. The other ones you're like, ah, eh, the same, but that one you really enjoy, and it's the same with animation. It's like you know, there's five different cartoons you'll see, and they're all animated similarly. But that one you really enjoy, and it's hard to put your finger on it. It usually comes down to, um, for me, it comes down to creativity and attitude. I think attitude is a huge plus. Yeah. Um, yeah. If your stuff has whatever attitude, it could be cutesy attitude, or it could be, you know, I'm a I'm a badass attitude, or it could be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything in between. But yeah, <laughs> or a combination of the two. <laughs> or, or look at me, I can't animate. I'm horrible. I quit. You know. No, I guess that's not a good one. But, but yeah, attitude. And you can tell when somebody has a vision, too. I, there's certain animators out there that I've seen. There, and, and another thing, too, is I every day I'll see animation out there where I, I look at it and go, oh, my God, I could never do that. That's That's insane. That's really, really good. But when you see animation like that tied together with a cool idea and a story... Then it's that's when I look at stuff and I go, man, that this should be on the big screen. If in my world, when I'm dictator, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this will be on the big screen. Same thing with TV shows. I like a lot of TV shows that that end up tanking because, and and I'm sure I'm not the only one. You'll find something you really like it. And nobody, there's a small audience for it. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. so I guess it's just my my personal taste too. I like popular stuff though too. So who knows? Oh, for sure. So maybe maybe it's less like. Again, kind of like the formula of a good idea. And it's more like um, just kind of like being really purposeful and decisive in what interests you and what you like. And then just like you yeah. kind of it's like you don't back away from it. It's like, yeah, right. it's like if you want to do the cutesy thing, then like, like, yeah, 
I'm doing the cutesy thing. And so it's like, <laughs> I, I'm doing the cutesy thing? Kind of like. Yeah, what? it's all about owning it, owning it. And that's um, early on. I mean, the people that have said they, they've liked my animation, <laughs> I mean, I get the most like backhanded compliments, but I love it. It's okay because they'll be like, I like your stuff because it's animated really like dirty and kind of like low budget and it's like and it's all messy and everything and I'm like oh thanks I think <laughs> no but I, I understand as long as they like it and I know what they mean um but if you own it like I'm not gonna ever I, I'm not gonna do Disney style anime I'm not even gonna do Bill Plimpton style animation that's a whole nother outside of my realm but I'll do uh, I'm gonna do me yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I do and you know, if and always constantly try to improve, you know, but uh, ultimately you have to if you it's a lot better to be recognizable than it is to be really good and look like everybody else, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That's a really great way of putting it. Yeah. Thanks. I'm going to write that down, too. <laughs> Take notes. Oh, another one to add to my list of amazing things that I said today. Gonna, every interview, I'm going to quote myself from now on. <laughs> It's funny. There's a lot of animators that are independent animators, but they're independent for somebody else. Okay. They're doing, they're working on other people, which is fine because that's how they make a living. Um, But I love finding independent animators that animate their own stuff. Like I want to hear their Mm. stories, you know, and it's, it's just like art on, you know, like art that you find in a gallery. It doesn't matter. Some, to me, it doesn't matter if somebody's, really established or if they're the guy around the corner or or the the girl that works at Starbucks or the guy that you know is in 12th grade it just matters their output like you can't you know what I mean it's yeah. to me is I'm not at all an animation so I'm the opposite of an animation snob yeah yeah I, I like all all styles yeah definitely because you you get to see a real piece of someone in there the the creator mm-hmm. um and it's just makes it so much more personal. And I think it's great when you find other people's work that you really connect with. Because it feels like you, you share this little thing in common, even though you don't know each other. Right, right. And like, I, I totally get your humor, or I really love your aesthetic style, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I've always felt really strongly about getting more... I, I, like, I love that technology is getting to a place where anybody can do animation because I, yeah. I really dislike animation snobbery. Like it's this exclusive club that no, well, you're not, you know, you don't do full walk cycles. You shouldn't do animation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to be entertained and, and animation. It's like, I really do equate it to music. It's, you know, it's, it would be terrible to be a music snob, you know? So like, Oh, that's not classical music. That's not real music. Then it doesn't count. Mm. it's like you know who's to say it's just like whatever you like you know and i appreciate really well done animation at the same time but um you know and i it's funny i'm old enough to remember scooby-doo and like when people were doing that really uh the hanna-barbera was doing that really formulaic animation and now people look back at that fondly but i remember back then people were it was like animation enthusiasts were like, this is an animation. This is garbage. You know, it's so funny how things kind of turn around. Yeah, because so, so many people look back at it and they're like, oh, there's golden days. It was so good. Right. That's why I'm doing garbage now so that in 50 years, <laughs> they'll think I'm a genius. So that's the plan. Like, wow. So ahead of his time.
So you're currently working on a pretty exciting project right now called Revengeance. Mm-hmm. How's that going? Revengeance is going really well right now. Um, and I'm sure for those that don't know what Revengeance is, um, I'm lucky enough to be working on a film, a feature film, animated 2D film called Revengeance with the legendary animator Bill Plimpton. Um, awesome. Not Bill Clinton, as my mom said, Bill Plimpton. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Although Bill Clinton wants to work on a film, we well, I'm good with that. So we'll talk later. But um, you could provide the uh, the saxophone music. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so Bill Plimpton and I were, I wrote this film and designed the characters, and I'm doing a lot of the music and the voices, and he's animating it, directing it, producing it, the whole shebang. So it's a Bill Plimpton film, and it looks the style of it looks like Bill Plimpton, but kind of looks like my style. So it's kind of neat, kind of a neat mix. But it's a quick uh, synopsis is it's a biker revenge story, but it has bounty hunters and it has uh, where they're all trying to, everybody's looking for this one uh, girl who stole something from the biker gang. And it has a senator in it that's an ex-wrestler <laughs> and, a for, and a former biker. So it's got lots of lots of, Tons of characters and it. it's kind of like a it's a comedy and it's um, a little bit like the I always say it's like a little bit like the big Lebowski, that type of humor. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, so it's a lot of fun. Lots of characters in it. Lots of different scenarios. Lots. Good story. I give it thumbs up. Not even <laughs> out. Not even <laughs> Two thumbs yet. up. I've seen that the raw animation that like Bill, they'll send me scenes that are done, but not uh, not colored, but just the line art that Bill's done. Mm-hmm. and animated and it is almost discouraging it's that good it's it <laughs> I, I really I almost want to put out a version of it where it's just line art because it looks so good his his he's like the real real deal as if I had to validate him all right he's, I know Bill, uh, yeah. such an you know that kid guy. that Bill Plimpton kid he's got something going and if he keeps it going something's gonna happen <laughs> that kid it's a, it's amazing I, I look at it and and it's just you get to see animation in its truest truest form that guy is a true animator and um it really does it takes a lot it's like it's like a singer working with aretha franklin because it takes a lot for me to just not quit like forget (laughs) it you know i have to really like look myself in the mirror and go you're you're okay you're somebody (laughs) but yeah he's amazing he draws um i think he does a few scenes uh, different shots a day and each of those shots has i mean they go on it's like the, the amount of animation that he, because there's no, he doesn't have in-betweeners. It's just him wow. drawing it yeah. on paper, pen and paper. And um, what he said, he he told me, he gave me a good compliment. He said, I'm, I'm kind of taking a lead from you because I don't pencil my stuff. I usually just draw it in, in on ink, on paper. Yeah, um, really? Usually. What? If it's something, I'm not, this is not a, a, a humble brag, <laughs> trust me, because <laughs> if it's complicated or if it's something where I need to do a, like a blue line pencil on it and I will I will not hesitate but um normally if it's something you know I know what I'm drawing I I'll just draw it pen to paper cuz um I'm lazy like that so. <laughs> and if you, I uh, figure if you can why not yeah 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 it's like if you can just get it down then just just get it down go for it yeah he's doing that he's doing that in this he's drawing um I've everything I've seen mostly it's it's um just ink to paper there's some pencils I've seen in there but it's really, really cool. I mean, I know we'll we'll eventually put out some kind of footage, like the making of or something, where you see the line art. 
you know, to see the process. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's kind of really cool. It's it because the line art that I see, you can tell it's scanned on paper. So it's almost like watching. It reminds me of like when I was a kid. You know, you're drawing on lined paper or whatever. You could see little folds in it, or it looks like it looks like a like a. You can tell the homemade, hand drawn, human element in it, and I like that a lot. Oh, that's oh, that's so cool. Are you going to try and keep that for the sort of final finished frames? Um, the well, sort of. The, the I mean, you can tell. Like I've seen the some of the final animations, and you can tell it's hand drawn. It look it doesn't look computer mm. drawn at all. It completely looks hand drawn, and is and by the way, the colors are really really incredible. His wife Sandrine Plimpton is doing the colors. And, oh wow! Yeah, and she's the she another real deal. Uh, and and I've always colored my own cartoons, and I like my colors. They're always they're, I think they're pretty good on, on my stuff. But I've seen her stuff, and again, that's another thing I had to stop and go. Okay, don't quit. <laughs> you're still some, you're good. You're somebody. Cause she's that good. She's really really good. And so, um, it's all going to come down to the editing and and the voice work. It's, it's just for us not to mess it up. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> it's there on paper. We just need to keep it there. Yeah, what I've seen so far, it's looking really promising. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's, good. it's got a good story. Yeah, thank you. It's got a. I think it's got a pretty good story. What I, I when I wrote it, I try to do try to not get too fancy and be like and confuse the audience. Yeah, I just try mm. to. I wanted to write something that just you know people could grasp onto, but it went somewhere and and it was satisfying at the end. I think I did so. I, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure it'll win at least two maybe three oscars you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. best picture yeah you know best soundtrack and best dance choreography for sure and oh there's going to be a dance section in it amazing well, now there now there is i just <laughs> <laughs> so you can win that oscar there you go that's fantastic yeah it is going back to the point about um well, heck, even about uh, how Bill, how he applied your um, kind of like your technique of just directly putting pen to paper and then Sandrine's coloring and bringing that into the film. Have you collaborated on a project before, like to this scale or or is this? Never, this is my I think this is both of our first collaborations at this oh. level. Oh, wow. Yeah. And great. I, yeah. It's so funny. I part of my goal is not to be the guy that end Bill Plimpton's career. yeah so we did a kickstarter and i i I definitely didn't want to be the guy that would (laughs) contribute to bill plimpton's first failed kickstarter so so we we got past that we're all right we we did well so the next step is you know um i hope this film does well i hope it um you know it's it's kind of like doing this this scope of a project at least on my end um i have tunnel vision at each stage of it, so it's too big of a project to, for me to grasp the entire concept of everything, you know. Mm. So I have to just okay. Next stage is uh, record the audio for this particular scene, you know. So, so just it is really one of those. How do you eat an elephant in in one bite at a time? Yeah. So this is our elephant that we're snacking on right now. <laughs> oh, that's great. And so, do you find that you? Um you also apply that approach to your shorter films as well? Or is that kind of quite unique to the full-length ones? Um, I think it's funny because I'm doing some shorts right now at the same time as working on Revengeance. And the difference is Revengeance is a lot more, it has to be a lot more planned out. Mm. 
everybody has to be on the same page. And um, with my stuff, I found that I can jump back into my internal shortcuts and it's it's like a comfort zone, you know. Yeah. Um, I jump back into my own creation method and like, oh, I don't have to. And on one hand, every time I do a short, I try to um, – I try to learn something new on my own stuff. I've always been, even if it's not noticeable on screen, I've learned something new every time I've done a short. So you, you do want to feel like you're progressing. Mm. But at the same time, you just want to make something funny and something good. So it doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be Citizen Kane every time. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but Revengeance is Citizen Kane. So. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody has to be on the same page. Normally, Bill doesn't work off a script. Really? No, he doesn't. Um, wow. So this one, we have both, and neither do I normally on my own stuff. Right. Um, so instead of doing what we normally do, which is just a shorthand script or do the script through the thumbnails, um, mm. we, I wrote, he asked me to write a regular like Hollywood script, which I did. And I, I found that that's another thing I love doing, too. Oh, really? Yeah, I, f- I, I found that, wow, I really enjoy writing like screenplays. So that was fun. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh, that's amazing. Jim really has DIY animation in his blood and guts and gave us an excellent breakdown of his perspective on the DIY spirit. So we wanted to ask, simply... How would you define the DIY animation spirit? We'd love to hear your thoughts. So come to oatleyacademy.com forward slash go forward slash DIYA4 and tell us about it in the comments. Or if anything else Jim has said has resonated with you, let us know about that too. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) So next time in part two of Jim's interview, we hear more about Revengeance and collaborating with Bill Plimpton some of Jim's top tips for making truly DIY animation. And how we, too, can exude Jim's courageousness and swagger in our own work. I'm going to be swaggering down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Let me swagger down the street to Ep 2, coming at you next month. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, <laughs> everybody take care and we will see you on the flip-flop. Follow your heart and have fun animating! <laughs> The DIY Animation Show is a production of the Oatly Academy of Visual Storytelling. We're your hosts, Jessica Dahl and Lauren Morse. Our producer is Chris Oatley. Our assistant producers are Anya Marcos and Ejua Ebeneba. Our mix engineer is Z. John Yan. Our theme music was provided by Azio Flux. Subscribe at DIYanimation.show. Find more art and story podcasts featuring insights from some of the most inspiring voices in animation, games, vis effects, comics, and children's books at friendsofdiya.com. We'll see you next time. Pull out those swagger pants. <laughs> Pull out those swagger pants and put them on while you animate. Also called PJs. <laughs> My swagger is now at 10,000. <laughs> it's blending my eyes. Oh, no. She's turned it up to 11 <laughs> and more. <laughs> 11 and more. 11.2. 11. <laughs> Just 11.2. <laughs>
<laughs> it's funny. She's like, I you know don't want to be unreasonable now. I don't want to get too crazy. <laughs> My inner swagger is now unstoppable. Oh no, it's too strong. <laughs> Makes me think of like Mecca Lauren, like walking through <laughs> the UK streets, just blah, blah, blah. In a swagger, activate! Blah, blah, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Swagger lasers, activate! <laughs> Oh, God. Instantly turning everything in its path to swagger. Right, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) The Earth becomes swagger planet 049. Because for some reason, because why not? Why not 049? (laughs) Because there's 48 other planets that Jim has been to. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Oh, man. 